Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Welcome to Girl on the Gov, the podcast, breaking down politics as we know it and removing all the bullshit. <laughs> because politics needed a rebrand. <laughs> Alrighty, welcome back to Girl in the Gov, the podcast. I keep like, I don't have to call this Wednesday edition, like main episode, you know, I always say welcome to top mm-hmm. stories of the week, but like, do I just keep it, cap it at Girl in the Gov, the podcast, you know? These this are the is a great so question. Oh my gosh, wow, Casper's at it again. I, yeah, it, it is hard because they're both, both episodes in their own way have main character energy. So to be like, oh, this is the main one, like, eh, because I can also see like some of our listeners, some of our followers might be like, you know, I'm more of like, I just want the top news, Mm. top stories, whatever. And they might not actually be interview girlies. Like, Mm. you know what I mean? I think, which I think is like a benefit of us doing this in two pieces because it's like, it's a little more a la carte. Mm. Pick pick (laughs) which journey, which ride you want to get on. I love it. And there you go. But yeah, in terms of knowing or naming like what each one is, the Wednesday one as like how we refer to it, it needs some help. So guys, if you think of anything. It is Girl and Link of the Podcast, you know. It's OG. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hmm. It's OG. Well, okay. Maybe I'm just overthinking it. Maybe I just cap it at Girl and Link of the Podcast because that's what it is. That's who she is. (laughs) And we can go about our what on our merry way but speaking of top stories our top stories episode came out yesterday obviously we talk all about what did we talk about the fbi raid obviously (laughs) the big old story and then we also talk about lindsey graham and some legal shit which we actually have a little bit of an update on today but Maybe mm-hmm. pop in a top stories real quick and, and catch the gist. But and then we also talk about primaries that are happening today, today. Tuesday when we're recording. But yesterday for all you Wednesday listeners and what to look out for this week in primaries. So go listen to top stories. It's important stuff, you guys. You know, you gotta stay updated on the news as well as, you know, this OG episode civic education piece that, you know, you get from from these interviews. But Anyways, there are some, like, little news updates kicking us off is mm-hmm. that good old Joe Biden is signing his his big old bill. <laughs> it's a big day in the White House today. You know what my comment is, though? And I know it should really be about specifically the Inflation Reduction Act, which is what he's signing. But the thing that I want to comment on is the pen choice. I feel like the fancier the pen, I like, like, the less I like to write with it. The less I'm, yeah. I'm enthused. However, if it's like a classic right from the staple situation, clicking type pen, sign me up. I love so a colorful like, one too. Or actually, you know which ones I actually really like? 
which granted used to work with them back in the day. So I think I just got really used to it. Oh my God. For a second, I thought I accidentally just wrote on my desk, but these pop-in pens, I'm mm. obsessed. I really Cute. like the way they write, but my favorite will forever be the Papermate ones that were pink, obviously because they were pink, but they were, and they also raised money for, I think Suits and G. Komen, if I remember correctly. But of course, the, the key of this is that they wrote phenomenally. It was like mm-hmm. magic to pen to paper. I was obsessed. Anyways, I just want to know what his thoughts are on pens. I also want to know his thoughts on canceling student debt as we get closer to the end of August. So yeah. look, I've got questions from pens to student debt cancellation. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Joey boy, Joey let's boy. get an ice cream together. It's I'm really crazy post-grad how you just like don't write anymore. I mean, I guess it depends mm. on your job choice. Like, I write, like, my little no- notes of the day. But if I have to write anything more than, like, a, two to three sentences in one sitting, oh, then I'm yeah. like, how do people do this? Like, I've tried the journaling thing, too. Like, I really Not do my like vibe. the process of journaling and, like, what it does for my mental. But the literal physical task of it is enough mm. to make me not be able to – it, like, makes me lazy. Like, I, I just don't stick with it. And, like – um to add to that I also have to say like the fact of like holding my phone for five million hours a day editing shooting whatever it is like everything under the sun I like definitely have like carpal tunnel in my arm from that and if you think I can write after that experience you are dead wrong a and b my hand is like literally I think it like it regrew like I think it went into the direct like the like the shape of my phone so then holding a pen like it just doesn't feel natural anymore (sighs) anyways for our journal girlies we are so sorry to insult your hobby but we are trying to be a journal girly I would like to like I really try to implement it into my routine because it is like so fantastic but I'm just the actual physical labor labor of like writing a page or two of thoughts is so much it's so hard and my my hand cramps but speaking of hand cramping and writing Joe Biden. Yeah. He has a big <laughs> signing ceremony at the White House today. So he, he is signing the Inflation Reduction Act, the massive climate, health, and tax bill. And then he's also signing the PACT Act, correct? I thought he already signed that. Oh, is it? Oh, I thought he was doing it all together. Never mind. Because I was going to say, if so, the man's hand has to cramp, you know? He's going to sign all those bills in one sitting. I thought that's how it works. But I guess he's just doing Inflation Reduction Act today. And, and then they're actually celebration a little partay vibe on the on the 6th of september why didn't we get invited i guess we have time wait that is a great question who do we we talk to about that i am racking my brain through our internal rolodex just it is it's spinning a mile a minute Mm. i still just got all those senate contacts so maybe we we should add a little Hey, it's me. You don't know me. <laughs> but curious if you, you know, want some young press in the building for your big your big party. I don't know. We'll probably spill too much tea. We'll yeah, be like the Dumois. They'll be like, you guys are going to just gossip about all the tea from the party. Well, you know yeah. what I was going to say to your journaling comment? As I was going to say, like, you write it out. I just gossip with people and hope I don't put my foot in my mouth. And then that's, like, <laughs> You just, like, word vomit to everybody you talk to about your thoughts and feelings. And meanwhile, I'm, like, I literally can't tell anybody about my thoughts and feelings. <laughs> and so I have to write it out on paper. 
<laughs> it's too good. It's, it's too great. Good. It's fantastic. We're doing great. Um, but Speaking of someone that's not doing great, though. Yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> let's talk about good old Rudy. Rudy Giuliani. So he is also the target in the Georgia election probe. He's part of this little, this peachy With moment, Lindsey Graham. if you will. They're having... You know what I would love to see? The two of them in a room together. Them interacting. Because don't get me wrong. I find Lindsey Graham to be, oh, the woke. Especially heinous. But, yeah, absolutely. But as much as I disagree with him, as much as I think he's conniving, evil, McEvil, whatever, is I do think he has half a brain. Fuck like, Mary Rudy Kill. Giuliani. Oh. Rudy Giuliani. Okay. Lindsey Graham. Oh, God. And... Ron DeSantis. Thank you for the <laughs> the subtle dry heave that just took mm. over my body. There was a dry heave this. moment in Top Stories yesterday too. So if you want, mm. if you want that tea, then go listen to Top Stories. But sorry, fuck Mary Kill. Oh, kill Rudy Giuliani. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. I would agree. Um, I would marry Lindsey Graham. Me too. And I would fuck Ron DeSantis. <laughs> yeah. Same. Mm. Do you like this face? <laughs> you literally, you Samantha, please head to YouTube right now because Samantha literally looks like fucking Robert De Niro. <laughs> Why is that always my doppelganger? Wait, stop. You've not gone that before. Have you actually? I think from you, too. No, I've never said that I to swear, you. I swear. I swear. It might have been like the early days of the pod. But there was something no else we did. No I way. Swear. Early days in the pod when I like didn't even really know you that well. I'm like, <laughs> you look like Robert De Niro. You're like, oh, fuck you. Get off my, like, get out of my business. Imagine. I've never said that to you. Like, that might have been a dream. Long. That feels right. <laughs> we asked them, what is that dream? Wait, like, so literally- then that means you had a psychic dream. Maybe it's deja vu. Like something weird. You know? Okay, that. That's definitely fair. I have a lot of deja vu moments, actually. That's like pretty. <laughs> but besides okay, this anyways, road conversation, so what is the actual news here? Let's talk about okay. it. So Giuliani faces a possible indictment in the criminal probe by Fulton County prosecutors over his role in attempting to overturn the 2020 election in Georgia. This is reported by Theater Times first. So just in case you're wondering who got the story, number one, first on the rodeo, it was them. Anyways, Giuliani will go before a special grand jury in Atlanta on Wednesday, a.k.a. today, when this episode is released. Senator Lindsey Graham, who apparently I'm marrying, will also have to testify Same. before the grand jury. Sister wives. Oh, that's kind of cute. Look at us. Yeah. Look at yeah. us. Look at us. <sighs> Classic. Ugh. Wow, that. Ugh, God. <laughs> okay. So anyways, he's going to testify before the grand jury, a federal judge said on Monday, so earlier this week. Trump's team accessed Georgia's voting system. This is another little piece of the puzzle, by the way. This is a secondary story. But Georgia's voting system is is involved here. So according to the Washington Post, so last story broken by New York Times, this one's a Washington Post deal, a team of computer experts, interesting, obviously not me because we know Shut me and technology. Area. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> My tech bros. Like, hey, hey, what's up? You single? Hey. Anyways. Too many tech okay. bros. These, these computer experts, directed by lawyers allied with former, let me just make that clear, former President Donald Trump, 
saying he copied sensitive data from election systems in Georgia as part of a secretive multi-state effort to access voting equipment that was broader, more organized, and more successful than previously reported. You guys, mm. just all the tea that's coming out right now is fucking wild. So there's literally, you know, the FBI raiding his home for potentially, like, stolen documents from his administration that he should have returned and didn't. There's also the tax return thing that they're also looking into, Trump's tax returns they've been trying to get for a while. And now there's this whole... So he literally tried asked the Secretary of State of Georgia to get him more votes in order to win the presidency back. And so now it's coming out that he literally had computer experts directed by his lawyers to go copy sensitive data from election systems and like infiltrate election systems in Georgia. So like there's how is this he man is not the in voter an orange fraud. suit? I he is the voter. He is the big lie. He was trying to steal an election. And you guys, just so you know, he's trying to steal the 2024 election, too, as we speak, by endorsing and putting candidates into Secretary of State races across the country. And there's been multiple now who have won their Republican primary and are headed to the general to potentially be the secretaries of state in major swing states. Which, if you don't remember or you're not familiar with what this role does, Let's just put it this way, protects elections, but you can get the 411 on this from a Secretary of State herself, Jocelyn Benson, Secretary of State of Michigan, with that interview, which came out a few weeks ago. We talk all about it. We also like, speaking of tea, we get the group chat tea. And last but not least, you know what I was thinking about when you said tea a few minutes ago? What? I have we some personal get... tea, but I have to say it offline. Okay, well, I cannot wait for this. But... It's really good. It's really crazy. Okay, go. You can't do that to me. That is like, <laughs> okay. Regardless of that, we should get sponsored by a tea company, iced tea specifically, because we I really should, love me a peach iced tea. That's a great idea. Yeah, and then we're gonna just be spilling the tea while drinking the tea. I don't you think that's necessarily it? an original idea. Ooh, a chai oh, tea company. Shit. Okay, guys, mm -hmm. if anyone works for a tea company, specifically one that does like iced chai or iced peach, like anything yummy, caffeinated, tea filled, yeah. please let us know because we would love to work with you. And we would love to drink the tea while giving the tea. So let's work. Let's work it out. Yeah, let's we'll do some product placement. We're on YouTube now. So yeah. Anyways, where the were we? Face Maddie just made again. This honestly, the facial expressions on this particular episode. I think it's worth going to YouTube. No it's worth what. going to YouTube, and I think honestly we haven't really plugged YouTube in a minute. So let's talk about it because we have sure. created a YouTube channel. We did, you know, maybe two months ago, month ago. I don't even know. But all of these episodes, except for top stories, are available in video form on YouTube. So if you mm -hmm. want to see our faces and the weird faces we make, mm -hmm. but also see our beautiful guests' faces, because that's also a part of this, totally. then head to YouTube and subscribe. Even if you don't always watch on YouTube or you don't plan to, if you can just hit that subscribe button, it really helps us as a company, as a brand, as a podcast. So that would be really helpful if you guys could do that. Definitely. It takes two seconds. And if you have a Gmail, you have a YouTube. So you don't mm -hmm. need to make an account. So there's that. Maybe we plug some other stuff while we're here and before we get into our episode. Oh, you know what I want to plug like right away? Absolutely yeah. right away. It's our new Etsy shop. Mm -hmm. Because now we, like I said, have an Etsy shop. We have digital downloads available of some of our favorite phrases. So when a doubt vote them out, liberal cowgirl, like 
some of the ones you guys hear us say here, mention on social, whatever. But we have digital downloads of those so you can make prints, posters, screensavers, whatever you want to make with that digital download. World is your oyster. But we've made those available in our classic like light pink combos. We are open, very open to doing other color combos. I know we got a suggestion for a blue-green combo. So we'll be experimenting and releasing more as we go. But you can always grab a digital download there. Make it into, like I said, whatever your heart desires. It's going to be great. It's going to make a gallery wall, dorm decor, off home office. I mean, mm-hmm. so much. But I, I'm really taking this plug for a walk in the a park. Wild so, a yeah, wild anyways, ride. Yeah, Maddie, take it, take um, it back from me. Yes, go check out our Etsy shop. It'll be linked in the episode description. Brand Ambassador Program. If you guys want to continue this conversation, if you guys just want a community to enter of other like-minded political ladies just trying to continue the conversation, continue their impact, share resources, share funny videos, share funny political memes, all the things, then head to our Brand Ambassador Program. We also provide political networking opportunities, resume boosters, and the whole thing is voluntary, so there's no requirements. So yeah, it's just, it's an... It's a great little program to just slide into and meet new people and meet us. So head to girlinthecup.com and learn about the Brand Ambassador program. You can sign up there and we'll be hopefully chatting with you via Zoom soon. Other thing is just to subscribe and review and rate on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you have done it before and you want to like do another one, that'd be super helpful if you haven't done it yet on either or platform that would also be super helpful so subscribe on youtube subscribe on spotify subscribe on apple podcasts and rate and review actually i think you can rate and review on youtube too or at least comment or you know you can give it thumbs ups and stuff like Mm -hmm. that so Um, all of that stuff is really helpful for us you guys i have one more thing before we intro our guests because i know we're on we're on a tangent and we could talk about all the things to plug for quite a while but this one is particularly pertinent. Well, see that? I've never said pertinent before I knew you. Nonetheless, that is what I've, I've taken away here. Pertinent. So we did a podcast recommendations post with Earbuds Podcast Collective. And this roundup of podcasts is all about reproductive justice, reproductive freedom. Oh, my God. I don't know why I can't even speak anymore. Abortion access like the before, the during, the after of everything Roe v. Wade. It's the context for this entire issue. And all these podcasts that we recommend are like some of our favorites. These episodes are great. We are included on our own list, we'll admit. But either way, the other ones sure are amazing are. and like some of our <laughs> some of our faves. So make sure to not only, you know, listen into ours, but to listen into their episodes and hit them with a subscribe, a follow, a download, all of that as well, because they are definitely ones you're going to want to tune into for other issues as well. And we we love to love them. So go check it out. It's linked in our story. It should be in our fall features highlight. And then last but not least, it's also on our LinkedIn, which we never plug, but it's also because we rarely post on it. So I should yeah. get on that. Go like, on how do you, what do you do on LinkedIn? Follow? Friend? Yeah, you follow. You can follow and, it's and friend like, us on LinkedIn. Yeah, why not? Give us Do a follow. A friendly too. follow. Our personals are on there. Yeah. Slide on in. But yeah, I feel like those are good plugs for the day. We'll, we'll cap it there. Mm-hmm. And let's get in to our guest. Can you introduce? Let's do it. Okay, so we have Delano Sapporo back on. And back on. he is... 
the way that like we have like Brian for like constitutional shit, like Delano we have for all things economic shit because he in-house freaking knows. Economic. Wait, yeah, he's a in-house economist. Oh my god, I was like, wait, <laughs> how do you pronounce this word? Economist. Thank you. <laughs> that was like the. I, I don't know why I just witnessed. It's a fine. Full stroke. It's that was something else. Someone please call me. Head, head to YouTube. Head to YouTube. <laughs> to watch me literally have a mini stroke. Yep. 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 There it is. But anyways, Delano is a CNBC. Why can't I say that? C. We're real. CNBC. CNBC contributor. Contributor. So you can watch him like- there as well. He is the founder of New Street Advisors. So he knows all things investing econ the 401 and so obviously we had to bring him on to talk about inflation because we had so many questions just basic questions about like what is inflation how does it work how does like what impacts it what can change what can't you know those sort of questions that are really important in general to know but especially given that the republicans are playing the economy inflation game which they typically do for their campaign Michigan's during it's really any type of democratic power when totally there's democratic power. yeah totally so like okay let's let's get the 411 on what this actually means so that way we can see through the bs or if hey they're right about something then they're right about something but regardless we want to know the terms so without further ado and without us mispronouncing any more things because we clearly are brain fried by tuesday at 12 18 which is absurd um, and i'm worried my time <laughs> Yeah, we're worried. We're worried across the board. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I crash and burn by 11 a.m. every day. (laughs) It's fine. It's a light flame. It's it's fine. Okay, anyways, without further ado, here is Delano. Well, we are super excited to have you back on the show. You're basically resident economic expert you give us a four-on-one and all the things that were left scratching our heads we're like we should have taken an econ class at some point but uh, you know we can't go back in time so here we are we're not we want to get there oh god god no <laughs> two plus two equals four is like as far as we get and we are that's the cap yeah we're look we're working on it but nonetheless we want to outsource these questions to an expert and so we're happy to have you back of course and we got to get into this one particular topic that really has been, I would say, floating the boats of people on the political side, the econ side, all of that. And it's all about inflation. Mm-hmm. It is like if I had, I don't know, a quarter for every time someone said inflation and then combined it with midterm elections, we yeah. would be so stinking rich. It yes. would be crazy. <laughs> I'm here for it. But we got to define it. So if you wouldn't mind telling us what on earth is inflation? Yes, Maddie and Sammy, thanks for having me back. I'm excited. I love being on this platform. Hope you guys can hear me all right. Yeah, Yeah, I think, you know, inflation is an interesting topic because it's so top of mind right now. And I guess it really hasn't been this top of mind since like four decades ago, like in the late 1970s, early 80s, when we were at the highest levels of inflation that we're seeing right now. So what is it? Inflation is actually interesting. People are like, oh, is it what is inflation? Because we haven't really defined it. But it's really the, the general increase in the prices of goods and services, the general increase in the prices of goods and services. So the price of goods and services doesn't really ever fall, but it's supposed to increase at a moderate pace so that we don't really mm-hmm. notice it, right? Like, but now when you have what's called hot inflation or, or fast inflation or exclusively high inflation, you're seeing the pace of increase in goods and services. They usually look at it from month to month or year over year. 
go at, increase at a high rate. And so that's what's causing, you know, people to talk about it so much. And that's generally what inflation is. It's going to increase, but how fast is it increasing? And that's when you get like that high inflation. Got it. Got it. Well, again, diving into this Econ 101 textbook, because the next question is, what is demand pull inflation? Tell us about yes. that. So demand pull inflation is really, it's, it's pressure on prices. And of course, we're talking about prices. We're talking about your prices of all your basket of goods and services, whether it be food, your, your rent, housing, where all those different things are, are, are prices that we pay for every day just to live, the cost of living. And so when you have a shortage in supply, of course, and that's the, this is really a, I think like a demand pull inflation because, you know, and we'll talk about it later, I think. Like right but, now. Yeah, exactly. Right now, the pressure, the air, the scenario we're in right now, economically, we have a lot of dollars and let's say too many. I don't know if the, what the word too many means, but a lot of dollars and too many dollars chasing the same amount of goods and services. That's that demand pull inflation because you just have more and more demand, but you have the same amount of stuff. And so the pros economically, if you're a business owner, you have more people wanting your goods and you have the same amount of goods, you're going to increase the price, right? So right. that's exactly what we have going on here. Um, and so that's that demand pull. That's that demand pull inflation pretty much. Got it. That makes sense. Got it. Well, I do know what supply and demand is. So that okay. one totally <laughs> made sense to me. But there is another one called cost pull inflation. What's the difference? What's the deal with this one? Yeah. And that's kind of just looking at it from the other side, as you're mentioning, Sammy. Okay. It's like, all right, when you have infl inflation, but it's due to increases in production. And it's, it's kind of weird because it, it's kind of chicken egg, egg thing, but you're seeing that from companies, right? Like you're seeing consumer prices and, and consumer inflation go up, but you're also seeing production prices and co companies are doing their earnings right now. And they're all talking about how everything to produce is cost more money. So instead, so of course the companies that can pass that price on to us as consumers. So you're seeing the cost of production go up, then that's obviously gonna increase prices. And so that cost pull inflation is something that you're also seeing. You're seeing inflationary pulls on both sides right now in the economy, which is an interesting thing to happen right now. Like it's very interesting to happen. And hopefully, and we'll talk about later, the Fed and different economic tools we can use can kind of lower, they're not lower, but slow down the pace of inflation. Got it, got okay, it. Okay, I have a silly question. I just need to like go down a tangent for a second. Why do these companies, I feel like this could be common sense, but I'm curious your thoughts. Like why do these companies then put the cost, the additional cost onto the consumer? Like exactly. what's the benefit to them? That's a really good question. They do that because, you know, especially for public companies, let's focus on them. You know, people always wonder like basic level, why does the stock price move? It's because it's based on the earnings. So when a company reports every quarter, Facebook just reported, right? And all these companies are reporting their numbers. The earnings is a big number. It says, hey, how much did we make per shareholder? If you own a share, you want that earnings per share to go up, right? And the earnings is basically when you take your revenue minus all the stuff that costs to get to the revenue. And so when they have increased costs to make sure their earnings don't go down, they have to pass that increased cost on to us or to the consumer so that their margins and their earnings stay the same or go up. Mm -hmm. They need to at least have it stay the same. They can't have it go down or else the stock price will go down. So they need to balance that out. And so when they have increased costs, they're going to push that onto the consumer. If they have pricing power, if they have strong brand, if they're Got able it. to do that, they're going to push that onto the consumer so that their earnings stay relatively the same or try to flatline or go up. And so that their stock price can go up because people that are valuing the stock are like, all right, the earnings didn't fall. I'm getting more earnings per owning the stock. I'm going to keep buying the stock and the stock will go up. But that's exactly why they do it pretty much. 
Okay. Stock prices. Wait, curious. Okay. What what was what was Facebook? How how did Facebook turn out like recently? Was there what was the news on that? So, so Facebook had a bad earnings quarter, and a lot of that's due to you know one the environment we're in. The environment we're in when we're pe- people people scared and, and rightfully so. Like the economy and are we in recession? We just had the GDP numbers come out for the second quarter, which showed that we contracted again, meaning we we were negative GDP. That just makes people you know weary to spend money overall. And so how does Facebook, right. Facebook make money through advertising? And so. The advertising numbers weren't as strong because people are like, oh, I don't know if I really want to spend money on advertising because consumers aren't spending as much money. Therefore, when I advertise and my conversion rates aren't as strong as they usually were for people to buy and click through. And so that's pulled down Facebook's revenue down, which they haven't had a night, like a year over year number of revenue be lower in like since they were public in 2012. So they actually went down, the stock price went down a little bit. And then, yeah, they're having some shifting and struggles. And this, I don't know how deep we want to get this because of what Apple's privacy changes, but Apple changed their privacy, their privacy, you know, policies, which is hurting advertising and targeted advertising, different things for those platforms that don't have first party data. So yeah, a lot going on in tech. It's, it's actually yeah. quite interesting to hear all the stuff that's going on in tech. Yeah. That makes a ton also, of sense. The advertising. I think it's always so weird to me, at least to me from always working on like a communication standpoint that brands decide to cut like when they want to save some money, they cut their advertising, their marketing, their PR. When mm. ironically, that's the thing that'll keep you afloat. Exactly. When people like people need to keep your name, your brand, everything in their in their minds, in their mouths. And if you're not doing that, like I, I feel like you're just screwing yourself. And I've seen worked with brands where they've totally done that or they've cut their teams and then that's how they end up in the negative. And I just feel like it's super counterintuitive to me. Like if I yeah. am thinking about what I'm going to cut as a brand when I need to save some money or I'm a little concerned as to what the spending is, it's not on having people, all the methods that have people know who you are. Exactly. But yeah. That's my rant totally. on that. No, yeah. no, I, I totally agree with you. And it was weird even during the, the height of the early stage of the pandemic, advertising was cut when everyone was like at home and on their computer. People were like, why is advertising budgets being cut you're so right people just like immediately go to that fle- like that reflex but it maybe it's not right right like you said if you want people to be top you want to be top minded people if you want to see yourself out there still spending money and getting good conversions on advertising should still be something that your company should be doing yeah that makes sense well let's talk about what causes inflation let's talk about that generally but also if you can speak on to just what we're seeing right now and you know why inflation is where it's at Hundred percent. So, so the cause is back to pretty much you know the things we we're talking about with demand side and, and the cost side, and you know specifically in this area which we needed to do. I think what we did at the height of of, of COVID when we were first learning about this horrible horrible pandemic is to help people go along. We printed like printed money and we did different things to to help people, and that printing of money is is part of the reason why right we're seeing some of the the, the fast pace of it, right? We printed like trillions of dollars. That fast pace uh, of printing money is some of the reason why, you know, we're seeing inflation, right? Especially during this time, it's kind of lagging. It's not like right away, you see it six months to a year after. And so that's kind of the, some of the reason why we're seeing it. And and it's really, it, it was supposed to be transitory, but it's a longer lasting effect than I think was anticipated, especially by the government. So that's, that's kind of where the situation we're in. 
Okay, wait. I have another question that just popped into my head off of a conversation that I was having with recently. And the conversation was about like the stimulus checks and how there's like the possibility that people still have their stimulus checks. And me being someone who lives in New York, like $5 lasts you less than, I don't know, three minutes. <laughs> so I was like, there's no way that anyone mm-hmm. still has their stimulus checks or any investment left from that. Like to me, that was just like, how could that have a lasting effect? But is that true? Like, is there some what? lens on that that's actually legit? Yeah, so that's what the interesting and the fact that you mentioned like New York is interesting. I love I still I love that. I live we all live here, I think, and I love it here. But did you guys see that the medium rental price was five thousand in, in New York? I guess I don't know if you guys yeah, talked about insane. that. But that's a pretty crazy stat. But to your point, it's interesting that we're in right now because yes, cost and increased cost is a big reason why you see, you know, people weary. But you're right. Consumers to an extent, and that's changing. Banks reported earnings recently, and all they were saying, and Jamie Dimon, CEO of Chase, was saying, like, pretty much consumers still have decent-sized balances in their savings, their checkings, and they're not, like, delinquent that much on, like, credit cards yet. So they're still seeing strong, decently strong numbers with consumers. So there is still that possibility that people, you know, that were either got different things during the last couple of years, still have some savings, still have some different things they're doing okay, but is that going to turn as costs continue to rise and real wage growth is, is not really there and different things and maybe companies are cutting and doing some different things. So you're right. There is some still some consumer strength that is in the economy, but people are wondering, are people going to get scared to spend or are, are people going to like not be able to spend because of different reasons in the economy or employment going the other way? Yeah. Interesting. Well, you talked about printing more money. And I honestly, every time I've asked my father, like, what's inflation, he tries to explain it to me. He always talks about, we're just printing too much money, we're printing money. What does this mean? Like, can you kind of, like, explain this concept and how it could potentially increase inflation? Yes, that's an interesting point. Like, people love to bring it, because it's a touchy subject to talk about, because, not touchy, but it is interesting, because you'll see, like, a lot of people that are finance people, like, oh, we printed too much money, we did this, this, that. But, like, at the height of what was happening, we'd never seen something like that before. The immediate response of like the prior administration, all different things, which to literally just helicopter money, which I'd never seen before, which is really like, all right, we're sending everyone this amount every month or whatever, every year. That's like, that's not like pretty, pretty unheard of, right? Like it's really dire consequences. We were in uh, what we believed was dire consequences for sure. And so, yes, that is the cause. And what you saw was everyone, you know, ha- having a bit, bit of more money, right? And People, whether it was a stock market, that's why the stock market rebounded way faster than we've ever seen a bear market happen in history. It was like 32 days from bottom back to, to back to peak, and people were able to do things and move around and, and do do things right away. That was literally because of the fact that we were able to print money. And yes, that is the cause primarily of inflation because you have all those monies, those dollars chasing the same amount of things or even less things because we're in some sort of lockdown and that that causes, you know, prices to rise. So that is a very, very big factor in, in, the, in those things. Interesting slash, you know, what I've never thought about before is in terms of the printing of money, where do they get the ink for all of this? Like, what if there's a shortage of the ink? And well, I'm always like, like why can't, can't we just make more money? That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't printing money more money good? Isn't that what we need? <laughs> My dad. I'm looking for no. a money tree. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm like, what if we all just carry uh, cash around and just, fix, you know? I don't know. Exactly. But anyways. but anyways, we do want to talk about some of the other things at play here. And one of the things in conversation is 
the minimum wage. That has been something that's been in the conversation for years, but especially now, okay, what happens if we raise the minimum wage or make it a living wage, whatever that might be? How does that work with inflation? What's the relationship between those two things? Yeah, I, that's interesting. I don't think that affects inflation that much from to my, you know, to my, I, I just wouldn't see it. Like if your federal minimum wage is still low, I don't even know what it's at right now. But if you raise that, you're putting a little bit of pressures on companies, maybe small businesses, but that's not going to push inflation meaningfully in my mind in the sense of that we'd be in trouble. I think it needs to be done has done. I don't think there's a huge correlation. I'd love to see studies on it. There were, if you haven't raised the federal, you know, minimum wage in so long, I just don't think it affects it that much. It's, it's a my it's pressure on companies, on wages, on labor expense, but it just wouldn't push the needle. But to your point, there was actually an interesting point yeah. you guys were just talking about. The reason why <laughs> it's, I know it's funny anecdotally, but yeah, the people like are like, oh, we print too much money because if everyone has, let's say you use an arbitrary number, $5 million, then $5 million isn't worth anything, right? Like, that's what it, the, the printing so anyway would do because it make everything more expensive. So the medium home price now is over $400,000. So it's like, that's why people are like, oh, don't print so much money. Because then when someone else has a lot of money, it makes your money less worth less if mm. everyone has right. the same amount. But that's that's a, another conversation. But it, I just, yeah. that was anecdotally funny too. But yeah. No, I know. And I'm like, because I have zero type of math brain, I'm like, I just don't, I don't get it. But if that's the truth, I'll accept that. <laughs> but I do, I do think the minimum wage element is really interesting, and I feel like I've gotten into like a lot of arguments with people about it too. Where I'm like, guys, the federal minimum wage is like seven dollars, and I think it's sixty five cents. It's something yeah. super low, and I'm like, okay, I totally get the business pressure for small businesses that are barely able to afford their employees. But when I'm like thinking about some company that might be public, like. I don't know, like a McDonald's, you know, the mm -hmm. Walmarts of the world. I'm like, what does raising that really look like for them? Like, how does that actually hurt them? I don't really sort of get that. It's always the struggle. I, I yeah, it definitely not inflation. Maybe put pressure on their margins. They're fighting it back for some reason super hard. I have no, like you're seeing Starbucks, Apple, all these companies, Amazon are battling against unionization and all these different things. They just don't want to raise their labor expense, even though they yeah. have billions and trillions, almost trillions yeah. on their balance sheet and cash like apple has more cash mm -hmm. than like any other company in the, in the world and so it, it doesn't really affect maybe margins slightly but very very minimally they're just being all um, greedy i have <laughs> exactly. so many people to tell that to let me tell you <laughs> well, just thank you slam down. send it in all the group texts <laughs> just for you um, so on it yeah oh, but, but um, nonetheless questions too about I've just because we're in this time, like, you know, you just on TikTok, social media, you just see all these yeah. people talking about inflation, recession, all of this stuff. Can you also first define really what a recession is? And also a lot of the kind of dialogue I've seen about it is that it's like kind of the cycle that we really see of like in our economy of just like recession kind of every, you know, 10 whatever years. Can you kind of explain how this this cycle kind of naturally happens and what yeah. and how it relates to what we're seeing now yes exactly so so yeah you're, you're certainly right in, in the fact that it is sort of like a cycle and it happens every so often i don't even know what the period is but yeah 10 sounds about right right where we go from a period of steady to moderate growth or, or steady you know building and gdp increasing till okay we're, we're contracting we're pulling back jobs are being cut wages are being cut, different things, right? And so it's hard to define because the technical term is like 
two straight months of GDP contraction, which we would have had in the first quarter of 2022. And then now the numbers literally just came out this morning. I think it was 0.9% contraction, which would be the second straight quarter contraction. So tech by technical terms, people will be like, oh, it's a recession. But some people will say, all right, it's not really a recession until unemployment's higher because unemployment's right. still at 3%, right? Or until consumers are still feeling it because consumers still have relatively strong balance sheets and are doing okay. So people have different definitions and different ways to look at it. But yes, it is a portion where you see a little bit less, I would just call it not even joy joyfulness in the world. Remember like it, when we got out of the pandemic and like, I don't know, it's like a crazy time. People were just eh, social media, people buying all these things. I don't even know oh, what yeah. people flexing. It was just mm -hmm. travel. We're, we're back outside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That was like crazy times. Like people were really out there like, and you're just yeah. going to see less of that because things have changed. The sentiments changed. The overall tone has changed. And that it's almost like a feeling thing more than anything. And you kind of push yourself into it because people talk about it so much. You just start push it pushes into it. So that's kind of like how it is. It's the best way to explain it. But um, you're seeing different things, you know, happening in the economy that, that lends to things be not as free flowing as before. Yeah. I have so a question. it's basically manifesting gone wrong. That yeah, exactly. is, yeah, it's okay. just a collective <laughs> mindset, obviously. <laughs> Tell that to the Republicans. But also, can we talk about, too, how like this is happening globally, right? Like this yeah. isn't just a U.S. thing. And I think specifically talking about, you know, the politics of it all, which is, you know, why most of us are here listening to this is the politics side of inflation, of recession. But this is, again, something we're seeing globally just like you know the pandemic and the results of that and then even you know this war in ukraine how that's you know affecting everything so can you kind of explain to you how we americans just are very egocentric you know we yeah. just love to think that it's just us out here but it's like this is a global situation can you kind of paint that picture too of how this is happening everywhere yeah maddie you're, you're so said right it is a, a global situation and we, of course, we think domestically, of, of course, in the U.S. centric, but you're right. There's stuff going on in, in all, like you mentioned, ge geopolitical war and tensions, which is, you know, disrupted, obviously, the lives of people over there in Ukraine, of course, and and then different things economically. But, you know, even looking at Europe, there's Europe and there's there's a slowdown there. So the exchange rate between the euro and the USD is at, at parity the first time in almost, you know, I think it was, they said two decades just because of, People are flowing out of the euro and, and the dollar money. USD is because of safe haven. So there's, you know, almost at parity now, which is interesting. interesting. So yes, ge ge you know, ge geographically all over the world, there's uh, everyone's kind of feeling that inflation is hitting not just the US, it's hitting other places. If you look at Turkey, I think their rate is like 70% or something. Our stated rate is 9.1%, our most recent numbers, which is probably higher, but that our most recent numbers that you see that somewhere like Turkey, which is like, 60, 70%, you know, if you imagine goods and services going up 70% year over year, that's oh kind of scary. So real scary. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's hitting everywhere. and It's quite a, a global, global thing. To that point of like crazy inflation, trying yeah. to like deal with it, figure it out. Are there ways to control it? Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, you're so right. The best way we have is what the Fed is trying to do and, and which is their, we'll talk more about the Fed, I'm sure, but th they're really just trying to, you know, increase the federal funds rate, which is, it's the rate at which other institutions, banks and institutions lend to each other overnight. So it's like the rate at which money is flowing. And so they're trying to increase interest rates to slow down the rate of inflation, to slow down, to stabilize prices. 
how does that stabilize prices? It's long-winded, it's all economical, but it's the fact that, you know, if, if everything, you know, if rates go up, your mortgage goes up, if, if the mortgage rate goes up, if car loan rate goes up, all these different things go up, you're less likely to borrow money, you're less likely to spend, you're less likely to do those things. You're more likely to keep your money in a savings account because maybe your savings rate's a little bit higher. So it tries to price stabilize. And so that's our biggest tool. And I think it's being used because we just saw the Fed has been raising rates and you've probably been talking about it and seeing it. But yeah. that's that's our biggest tool we have for price stability. Yeah. Question as well. Is there anything that like an average person or on the individual can do to limit the impact of inflation? Like how does an individual come into play here? Yeah, I think the best things for individuals to do, it's hard to like combat it because it's like, all right, you can't really stop you know, having to buy your goods and services increase. I think in the early days, people would have said like, if they saw this coming, which is super hard to like see this coming and to like buy in bulk and do all those things, which I think make a, a sense. Other ways is to try to find different ways for, you know, income or, or different ways for trying to do side hustles to increase income to kind of combat the raise in prices. You know, p doing stuff with other people, pulling resources, like you, like you mentioned, like, could you do stuff where you're saving on gas? I don't know, we live in New York, so we don't drive. I don't drive, but the only way <laughs> people could like do that. But it's super hard to like combat. It's something that we've battled through for a couple of years and then hoping to get it under control and, and everyone kind of gets, gets through that. Yeah, which struggle is so real for, <laughs> for all involved. Be happy not to have a car. Like I think this might be, well, it's not the only time, but it's definitely a time where I'm happy not to have one. But thinking of like how the government interacts here, I know we talked about the interest rates a little bit, but are there other ways that the government kind of like comes in, tries to like mess with this a little bit? Like, have we seen stuff in the past? Are we seeing stuff now? Who are the players? Yes. Yep. Yep. So uh, the Fed and, and Chairman Jerome Powell is the big, big players here in this. And of course, their mandate for the Federal Reserve is to one, keep people employed. I guess, I don't know which one spies on there. They have two mandates, right? They like keep people employed and keep employment at a unemployment rate low. And then also keep price stability at a, at a fair rate, a fair rate. They want to have inflation at their target is 2%, 2% inflation rate. And so obviously the inflation part is way out of whack because we're at like 9%. So the main tool there is to, again, increase interest rates, slow down economic growth, stabilize price, have that, have that happen. And so we're, they're working on that. That's the main players. Of course you have political players like, you have the administration stepping in and tweeting out to, to people, the, the oil companies and, and the, the a different thing like the, uh, the inflation the inflation bill. Those things do play a part and those things all play a part in helping consumers, helping every family out there in, in America and domestically to try to get prices under control. So all those things are, because they, they haven't seen this in four decades, all those things play a part in helping. So those are the main players obviously have different other tangential things but it's 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 all it's all tied in yeah well on this like conversation too of the political side of everything everyone especially when it comes to like gas prices but just inflation in general they go like thanks biden thanks obama you know on things can you kind of explain how like why this this happens and if it's valid for people to like look to the president and be like this is your fault but yeah. again like the politics of it are just so frustrating too because i'm like this is a global situation exactly. can you kind of paint the picture of like why does this like why is this the rhetoric every time there is like inflation recession we go like to the president i have no clue it's the weirdest <laughs> thing you'll see it on twitter all the time and like 
I actually have a friend that I, we were on this co-hosting this YouTube show and he was in the oil and gas industry because he lives in Houston. So he knows a lot about it and helped educate me even more on it. But it's simple supply and demand. It has nothing to do, to my knowledge, with the president or the administration. Like, And it's so weird that people always talk about that directly, as you mentioned. You see that on social media a lot. Simple supply and demand. You mentioned geopolitical tensions that have a big thing to do with supply. Like, you know, supply was you know, and, and cut from different areas and different things. And that's going to, of course, increase price. And, and we had so many things, excuse me, and, and demand. We still have demand heavily in areas. And if supply is not the same or demand's higher and supply is not the same, price is going to increase. So you had all that. That's the basic economics. It doesn't have much that I ever know to do with administrations, really supply and demand. And it's all controlled, you know, a lot of it in Europe and different Middle Eastern countries and different things with OPEC and stuff that's out of the control of the administration. Wait, I'm curious what your friend in the oil industry said. He he pretty much is is like like the oil, even the oil companies don't have that much say on it, right? Because it's all like controlled by OPEC and they control that supply and they can kind of ratchet that or increase. Wait, what's it. OPEC? It's, it's like a council of countries that like has a you know control on like some oil reserves, different things. So again, I'm getting way out of my depth because I'm not an oil guy, <laughs> oil and gas guy, but they pretty much have control and reigning control of a, a good chunk of supply of oil and energy. So they, they kind of you are able to to manipulate that at, at certain times. Mm. Got it. A thousand percent. That is actually like the one very random class I took in college was literally all about oil and gas supply. Mm. Okay. In the engineering Eesh. department. I know. I feel like that's one of my niche ones. And then my like summer class thing that I did on terrorism, also super niche. And I'm like, where mm. not as is niche this as knowledge? my Beyonce class? Okay, that is next level. That is so next what did level. They, did they teach you about OPEC and build different things like the, the supply and like how they're okay? Good, yeah, yeah, so it's sort of like how does that supply and demand relationship work? And then also like how do the contracts, like for example, like you have like OPEC and situations that are international and then in terms of some of the more domestic things like the drilling licenses in the u.s and how mm -hmm. there's like licenses on federal you know owned lands and what that looks like and how that impacts supply and demand too so those sort of have like their own relationships but nonetheless it was supposed to be like i think i was really supposed to be focused more on the actual like engineering of like the rigs and things like that and i really just like took it <laughs> and went on the political end of things of but this is what this is what happens when your school is an engineering school and you have like an engineering credit you have to take and okay. i'm yeah not a math girl so I, mean, I was in a catholic school jesuit school so i had to take some <laughs> theology but oh nice you know everyone <laughs> has their has their angles <laughs> But I can't, I can't. But anyways, we do want to talk about like some individual impacts where we might see this too. So I know quite a few people our age are, you know, just getting started on their 401ks. Does inflation affect those at all? Or is that sort of just totally separate out to the wings? Yeah, yeah just kind of, kind of, I would say roundabout in the sense that, you know, oh, the market has been taking a lot of cues from what tools the Fed is using. So in a low interest rate environment, growth stocks, equities, they pretty much, you know, do well in that environment. They, there's appreciation, there's different things. Now, when you have a higher interest rate environment or interest rate environment where we're increasing the federal funds rate, that hurts growth stocks just because of some different things mathematically and some discount rates for growth stocks. But it does hurt growth stocks. That's how you've seen since the beginning of this year, 
pretty much when we, you know, decided to do some things when it comes to raising rates, you know, equities have pulled back a little bit. We've had a bounce since like June recently, market taking different cues from the Fed as well on that. But yes, that that does affect people. But again, for younger people, that's going to happen. We talked about in the beginning, once every, you know, 12, five, seven to 10, 10 years, you're going to see, you know, whether it's recession or pullback in the economy, bear markets, that's par for the course. And for young people, it might be okay. opportunities, honestly. So they should be kind of looking at that as potential opportunities. Ooh, okay, wait, follow-up question on yeah. that. Like, is the opportunity sort of in expanding one's portfolio, like maybe stock prices are going down and you can like afford to buy into different shares that yes. are a little bit of lower? Okay. Yeah, precisely. Got it, got it. Yeah. Okay, Interesting. I've, I have some thing, homework. Yeah, totally. I know, I saw a TikTok about that too. Was, they're like, this is now the time to invest. I'm like, fine. <laughs> but other question too on that, especially for young people, you know, entering possibly this recession, dealing with inflation. What are some other tips you have just to kind of like, I don't know, protect yourself financially? Like, you like interest rates are up, correct? So, you know, you want to pay off your debt if possible, credit card debt. Can you kind of explain like just some tips and tricks on how to just stay financially healthy through times yeah. like this? 100%. Yeah, rates up. So, if you locked in low rates, that's good. People are like, people go into like, oh, since you've locked in low rate, you don't have to pay off things as fast or all this. So all these different things that you can kind of look and crunch the numbers on to see if it makes sense. People that are potentially looking to buy homes. Now we're seeing cracks in the housing market, right? So it's like, all right, there's cracks in the housing market. The prices are going to have to go down at some point. So maybe you're stacking up cash for one, two, three years to be able to purchase at a more reasonable in a buyer's market, right? That buyer's market's starting to come back. It's been a seller's market for a year or two now. And so that's that's a good another good thing. And now politically, if you're someone that works for yourself, of course, keep doing, keep grinding. If you're someone that works in corporate, there's different things about, oh, if you switch jobs recently, then you're safe because you know people aren't gonna make cuts. Just pay play the political game, doing your thing within the corporate environment to, to kind of stay top of mind, relevant, promoted. Cause if you get promoted, then it's like, oh, you're gonna be good for a certain amount of time as well. Just doing all those things, I think lens to just surviving in this market just playing de playing defense like a good way to put it right. everyone was kind of playing offense before now playing defense a little bit is it might not be a bad thing got it totally i do know that rule of like the last one in first one out so just for people <laughs> to keep that in mind but okay we want to do some audience questions because we got a few of those so one from our brand ambassador claire she wants to know she's a college student and won't be working during the school year she's very curious how inflation will generally impact her money what's the story there what's your your thought so she's a college student work that's working during the school year how will inflation won't be working won't be will working. be oh god won't. Got won't okay yeah. won't be oh got it got it okay so we'll be working through the school year, how to place back money. She has savings. We talked about a little bit that purchase that purchasing power is, is going down just because of inflation. So maybe you're investing because you're young, have a longer time frame. We just mentioned different things in the equities market. So if Claire's like, hey, I'm not going to be touching this money for a while. It's sitting in my checking or savings account. Should I invest it right now? Possibly. Maybe you want to keep that liquidity. It's still liquid. Do a brokerage account. You don't have to do an IRA or anything. Keep that liquidity because you are in college. Other thing is like the job market. I think it's generally still strong. Employment rate is still big. So you, I think you'll people will be fine in that area. Your college student continue to grind, learn more about like what's going on. But I think in general, for a young person in college, nothing crazy besides possibly investing, looking to see if cash is burning a hole in your pocket. That, but that's about it. Mm -hmm. Fair, fair. 
Okay, next one is how do we stop inflation? Does it just <laughs> go away or do we just get used to it? Yes, good question. It was supposed to slow down, but it hasn't yet. Yeah, we can't we, we can't stop it. Like us physically, me and you, I guess we, everyone said they're not going to buy anything, then maybe the prices will go down, but we never do that. I think we just, like, like was, the question was saying is it kind of will go away with the tools at work when the economy slows down and gets a little bit more moderated. It will gradually transition to more manageable and stable over time. So that's the hope. It might take a couple of years, but it's something you just have to kind of wait out. So it's an unfortunate thing. I'm so <laughs> impatient, a waiting game. Exactly. Lordy Lord. Well, for last question on the docket, how does inflation impact my salary? Does it need to be raised or adjusted for inflation? Yes, the big impact is real wage income or real wage growth. It's like a chart that I would I was looking at the other day, it shows it. It's actually not, like not in a good position. Real wage growth is is lower, like not as strong as the people, incomes may have increased with different things, but then they take that real wage, which is like your real, it's taking your income versus inflation and kind of seeing, okay, how much did you actually go up versus those things? And it's starting to get, kind of get it underwater. That metric is starting to, that indicator is starting to go underwater. So that is how it impacts it. So of course, people that are, crushing it, doing things, maybe switching jobs, doing all that stuff, increasing wages. That's a good thing. It's never a bad thing. I'm seeing all this stuff on like TikTok, man. You're understanding me like, well, oh, it's hot job hop and then you'll get higher wages. That's true. Like, I guess, you know, do things like that to protect yourself or, or whatnot or crush it at your current job. But yeah, that's the biggest impact is that real wage income that that metric is a, is a good one to look at. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I feel like too, with like certain industries, like the only way that you're able to get an increase in wage is by switching jobs. Like it's, you might be uh, literally switching back and forth between the same five companies, but like no matter what, like they won't give you a raise. It's like literally you have to do a cross comparison, a hop, and then maybe come back. That's what course. I've seen a lot. So yeah. all the strategies out there, but the nonetheless. <laughs> nonetheless, thank you so much for coming on and answering all of our economic questions, our in-house in-house economist. You haven't been on in a while, so can you give everybody some info on where they can find you, some stuff you're working on, and all the plugs? Go ahead. Definitely just at Delano Support, that's D-E-L-A-N-O. Last name on all social medias pretty much. Yeah, please send me a message. I don't know, have you guys ever taken a social media break? I might do that, I'm thinking about it, but I haven't done it yet. So I'll probably get back. Love being on this platform, love what you guys are doing. I'm on TikTok now. I posted a couple. I'm getting the hang of it. Yes. I'm trying to get better. But it's good to be on there. And just like, you know, people are learning so much from that platform. It's eating the world, guys. I, I see it. I see it now. So, okay. yeah, that's that's where you can find me. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you again. It's great to have you back. Of course. Thank you all. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description.